Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me tell your neighbor, it is enough that Jesus died. That answers the problem. Amen. Please lift up your Bibles with me as we take our formation together. Say with me, this is my Bible. It is God's inherent and unchanging word. It is my most valuable earthly possession. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hide his words in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. Therefore, listen to it carefully and do it fully. And I internalize it in my life by doing these four things. Know it in my head by diligent study. Store it in my heart by memorization and meditation. Show it in my life by doing its teachings and sow it in my world by being a witness hereafter. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus, for his honor and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. Glory be to God. Please, you may be seated. Just one more time, welcome somebody to your left and right. And help me tell her or him that it is enough that Jesus died. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, last week, by God's grace, we started a new series on the subject of the power to lay down. The power to lay down. The power to lay down speaks of sacrifice. I read from Second Samuel 24, verse 21 to 25. Second Samuel 24, 21 to 25. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He says, why have you come, my lord the king? Arauna asked. David replied, I have come to buy your threshing floor and to build an altar to the Lord there so that he will stop the plague. Take it, my Lord the king. Use it as you wish, Arauna said to David. Here are oxen for the bond offering and you can use the threshing boards and ox yokes for wood to build a fire on the altar and I will give it all to you your majesty and may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice but the king replied to Arauna no I insist on buying it for I will not present bond offerings to the Lord my God that which have cost me nothing so David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. And David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer for the land and for the plague on Israel was stopped. Amen. Praise the Lord. I spoke to us last week on the fact that, you know, if you recall, sometime. I think the last week in January or February, our first week in February, I did announce to us that while in prayer, the Lord spoke to me to set aside a Sunday 
in the in a month in which his people all of us will be encouraged to bring a sacrifice to him and i did announce to us that when i looked at the calendar of the church in the course of the year i found that the first sunday in may will be okay to fix that meeting and so what i'm doing from scripture right now is to prepare our hearts ahead for what god has called on us to do now i told you i prayed or in the course of prayer the lord spoke this to me what i expect of all of us to do today or to begin to do since last week or even from the point of my announcement is that you too you will go to god in prayer god you spoke to your servant that this 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 god what would you want me to sacrifice would you even want me to sacrifice anything at all would you even want me to bring a sacrifice to you at all speak to me on it the truth is is that if you're a child of god which i don't doubt that you are god will speak to you if you're a worshiper of the lord in this assembly god will speak to you in the first place, he will confirm the fact that he spoke to me on it. Then what you will bring to the Lord is between you and the Lord. Are you following me? On the first Sunday of May, by God's grace in this service, we are all going to bring our sacrifices, including me, and present it to the Lord on the altar. Amen. Last week, there were some things we said about sacrifice. Number one. We have said sacrifice is an offering brought to the Lord that will cost you something. It will cost you something. Sacrifice will exert a toll on the person sacrificing, on the group of people sacrificing. Arauna was willing to give, by the way, the threshing floor of Arauna, for those of us that were not around last week, was around the place that God had told Abraham that he, I will show you on the mount where you are going to sacrifice the son Isaac unto me. In today's geography, the threshing floor of Arauna is where the Alaska Mosque is today. That was where the Temple of Solomon was. God saw ahead, and in the, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12, God told Moses to tell the children of Israel, when you go to the land I will give you, you don't just put your sacrifice anywhere. You will put your sacrifice on the place I have chosen to put my name. And the place he had chosen to put his name was not revealed unto Israel after until many, many years until this event that took place that David made the mistake to go and number the land and God broke out against them. And when he went in humility to seek God, along with the elders of the people, God showed him a secret that he had been keeping for so long. Why? Because of the mercies of God and the loving kindness of God. And so when the king got to that place, Arauna was also a very rich, wealthy individual, knew the king. And when he saw him, the Bible says he left what he was doing and ran to the king and asked the king, King, why have you come? What is it that has brought you here? And the king was very clear in his mind. He said, I have come to to buy from you your threshing floor and to build an altar on it to sacrifice unto the Lord. Arauna said, King, you don't need to buy that. I'm willing to give you everything. And David said, no, I will not offer unto the Lord what does not cost me anything. 
a sacrifice will exert a toll on the person sacrificing. That's the first point I want you to note. He said that the main purpose of his sacrifice, which was what I said last week, was to please a deity and secure his, his favor. We sacrifice to secure the favor of God. A sacrifice is not a vow. A vow is God. Do this for me. When it is done, I will give you this. A sacrifice on the other hand is God. I put this on the table. Lord, I am putting this in advance, up front to you. Do this, do this, do this for me, oh God, because I am putting this down in your name. And what I'm putting down is something that is costing me something, something that is of value to me. Last week I also said, whatever you do out of convenience is not sacrifice. It could be an offering, it could be a gift. A sacrifice is never a convenient offering. And I told us the story of the pig and the chicken. The chicken said, I will contribute 12 eggs. 12, plenty. The, bacon, the, the pig said, I'm going to contribute bacon. At least two pounds of bacon. For you to get two pounds of bacon on my life from me, you must cut at least four and a half kilograms of flesh from me. If you cut four and a half kilograms of flesh from me, you are just taking my life because a lot of things will go wrong with the person or with the pig at that time. So he was putting down his life for the cause. The chicken was putting down a contribution for the cause. Contributions and sacrifices are not the same thing. Praise the Lord. I said, whatever does not place a demand on you cannot provoke a reward from God. Whatever does not provoke a demand, does not uh, place a demand on you. I told us the story of the woman with the alabaster box. The alabaster box contained perfume. It contains, you see, it was an expression of her work over the years. Her savings over the years. She was putting the money aside and buying perfume, a particular type of perfume. The Bible says that it was expensive. It was worth a year's wage. The perfume was what she was keeping to adorn herself, to prepare herself for her husband on her wedding night. It was, a, so to say, a combination of everything that represented her past, speaking concerning her future. She looked forward to when she would be married. She wants to be a bride acceptable to her husband. She wants to have a memorable night with her husband. And so on her part, as it was customary with the Jews, to begin to look forward to it, to begin to prepare for it. Everything about that perfume combined together showed the labor she has put, the self-denial, the sacrifice she has put in order for her to accept, to secure a future for herself. An acceptance before her husband. Such that no matter what, the husband will never forget how the wife smelled. It was a security for the rest of her life. Then she heard that the master was coming to her neighborhood. And the Bible says she took what represented her future. What contained her savings. What contained her frustration. And she took it to the point where the master was. Out of thanksgiving. The Bible didn't tell us what the master did to her. 
But the master must have touched her life in a very significant way. And so to express her heart to God, she looked around. The only thing of value she had was what represented her future. She brought her future in the box, got to where the master was, and broke it there. And the Bible says the environment, the ambience of the environment changed completely. And she began to anoint the master with it. Little did she know that she was by her sacrifice, by her attitude, by her appreciation of the master, she was shunting into something that was in the mind of God and yet God never revealed to any man. No prophet saw it because it was not prophesied ahead that Jesus must be anointed before he's going to the cross. It was on a week like this. Seven days or six days to go for Jesus to go to the cross. This thing happened. She anointed Jesus on time. Out of her love for Jesus, out of her desire to show appreciation for Jesus, she brought what represented her future, broke it before the master, anointed the master. And when the master looked at it, in spite of all what the people were saying, the master said, what she has done will not only speak for her now. That's future she was trying to receive. That future she was trying to create for herself. Already let it be known that wherever this gospel is going to be preached, this thing she has done will be spoken of her in memoriam, in perpetuity. As long as we exist on this side of eternity, the story of the alabaster box will be told. What a future to secure. And how did she secure it? By sacrifice. David remembered where God brought him from. Keeping the hues and the lambs. Living in caves and in bushes. And suddenly finds himself in a panel house. Security everywhere. And one of those days he looked out of the window. He saw the ark of the Lord. Or he saw the tent where the ark of the Lord was in kept. And he said, how can I stay in such a panel beautiful house? Me, of all people. Stay in this house. And God's ark is in a tent. I will build for God and a house. And God said a servant of his to him. And God said to him, since I brought Israel out of Egypt, I have not asked anybody to build me a house. But it has come to your heart to build me a house. I will do something for you. I will build you an eternal dynasty. Up to today, they are celebrating the rulership of King David in Israel. Why? Sacrifice. By sacrifice, the woman with the uh, alabaster box, King David, they touched God where God could not, but look at them in a different light and created something in perpetuity for them. Beloved of God, sacrifice is powerful. Whenever sacrifice is on the table, beloved of God, it provokes orchestrated divine changes in the a situation. It changes the entirety of the game. It changes the, the dynamics involved. Whenever somebody out of a true heart, a heart of gratitude, a heart of trust, a heart of love, a heart of saying, God, but for you, but for you, but for you, I wouldn't have been. And you do something that cost you something before God. 
God does not take his eyes off. Do you know that King David, what he did, even though God has said, you are not going to build a house, he kept laying up resources. He kept laying up resources. Go and read it. When the temple of Solomon was to be built, Solomon really had no contribution. Why? Because all the diplomatic linkages, all the gold, all the metal, whatever was going to be used by the house, David had stored it of his own possession for the building of the house of the Lord. It was so much that not only did he store the things that were required, even the plan that was required for the building of the house, David had commissioned planners to prepare everything ready for the building of the house of the Lord. Beloved of God, hear me. No wonder when Solomon stood to dedicate the temple, he was audacious enough to say, God, anywhere prayers are prayed, I'm facing the direction of this house. Lord, hear. Lord, answer. And God obligated himself. Why? Because there was a foundation that was speaking. Hear me today, beloved of God. It's costly. Sacrifice is costly. And oftentimes, it goes beyond your ability. It goes beyond your ability. But when you have made up your mind to do it, God does not turn his back on it. Why is it so important? Or some thoughts about sacrifice that I want to quickly share with us within the time I have. Number one, sacrifice is a choice. You choose to sacrifice. It's a choice. Your motivations may be varied, but you choose to sacrifice. Sacrifice is not a gift. You are not bringing a gift to God. He's not asking you for a gift. He's asking for a sacrifice. Even then, he's allowing you to pick, to choose what you are going to bring to him. And sacrifice is a choice of the wise. It is wise men and wise women that sacrifice acceptable sacrifices unto God. The story is told in Genesis chapter 4, verse 2 to 4. I'll read it shortly. The story of Cain and Abel. Now, Cain and Abel had grown. In their growing up days, just like in the life of Isaac, Isaac had witnessed his father erect at least three different altars and had witnessed his father sacrificing to God at regular times. In the case of Cain and Abel, they grew up with their parents. In the course of their growth, they saw that at regular intervals, at regular seasons in the lives of their parents, the parents would come and bring sacrifices to God. Now, they were now men and women of their own. They have come of age. And so, the sacrifices of the parents were no longer, they themselves have come to a point in which they need to make their sacrifices unto God. Your parents sacrificed on your behalf yesterday unto the Lord God Almighty. Beloved, it is your turn today to make that sacrifice. And sacrifice speaks. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And they came to God to sacrifice out of what they were doing. Listen to me. We are told in the Bible that the sacrifice of Cain was rejected. The sacrifice of Abel was accepted. Don't be deceived. It's not because one had blood and one didn't have blood. Don't be deceived about that. Because apart from Cain and Abel's sacrifices... When God brought in the Mosaic law into play, grains were sacrificed to God, heave offerings were raised to God, 
Most of them were agricultural products that were brought before the Lord. And God accepted them. So it's not because one had blood. One did not have blood. Why God rejected the sacrifice of Cain was that Cain brought his sacrifice out of an obligation to God. It is ceasing to sacrifice. What am I going to give to God? No thought about it. He just said, mm, take bar. Yes, see me. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Mm, take, let me rest. Mm, take, let me rest. To be, it is what I'm doing. Because the work of his hands was authorized by God. It was God that taught and commissioned his father on how to till the ground. So if he's a laborer of the ground, on the ground, and he tills the ground, and gets the fruit of the ground, beloved of God, his sacrifice would have been acceptable to God. But the problem was that his sacrifice was tainted before God because of the heart with which he gave the sacrifice to God. On the other hand, his brother, let me just read it, verse 2, Genesis chapter 4. It says later, the New Living Translation, later she gave birth to his brother, named him Abel. And when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift unto the Lord. Some. Nothing was said about the quality of his sacrifice. But if the Bible, by the Spirit of God, recorded something about the quality of the sacrifice of Abel's sacrifice, it simply means that quality mattered to God. Beyond quality mattering to God, the heart of the sacrificer matters much more to God. Hear what the Bible says. Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. We don't know how they were. Verse 4. Abel also brought a gift. A gift. A gift. He sacrificed crops. Cain, I mean, Cain sacrificed crops. Abel brought a gift. But why is it that the quality of his sacrifice was described to us? It means that there is something about quality. If you have brought quality crops unto God, the same Lord, he says, there is therefore now no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is over all and is rich unto all that we call upon the name of the Lord. That's what the Bible tells us. Now hear this. He says that he brought the best of the portions of the firstborn lambs. From his flock, the Lord accepted Abel and his gifts. Can you put verse 5 on scripture there? Genesis chapter 4, verse 5. But he did not what? Accept who? Cain. God accepted the person of Abel. Maybe his heart most likely was right before God. Cain's heart was not right before God. Most likely. And so Cain was rejected. Even if Cain was the one that brought the ones that had blood in it. Because he was rejected, his sacrifice would have stood before God disqualified. Beloved of God is a choice. And God said in Malachi chapter 1, Why will you bring blind animals to me? Why will you bring lame animals to me? Can you present it before your governors? That's the question. Quality matters before God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And it's a choice you have to make. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 to 16, says the same thing about the power of quality, about the power of the choice in you honoring God with your sacrifice. The second point I want to quickly make is this. Often, sacrifice is required for success. Because in life, 
There is no star without a scar. And the scar for every star is the sacrifice he lays down before God. I said, let me say it again. There is no star without a scar. There is no champion without a scar to show. The scar for every star is the sacrifice that he brings before God. What is the sacrifice you are bringing before God? If God will look at us in the place of prayer, I remember it was a day I was running up the 21 days I was praying. We were breaking every day. I was not breaking. And I just continued to pray and I prayed. And on that day, I remember at about 3 o'clock when the Lord said this thing to me. And I quickly stopped and I wrote it down. And I was so gracious to God that God, because he wants to bless us, that is why he's even opening up this wisdom for us. Bring to me a sacrifice. Set aside a day and announce my people to bring to me a sacrifice. It is because God has something to give to us. Like I told us last week, when Isaac asked Esau for a venison, so that he will bless him. It was not about the venison. He said, go to the bush. Go and do your work. Bring an animal and make pepper soup to me. At the end of the day, he still ate the pepper soup. And his heart was glad. But was it a pepper soup made from the animals in the bush? No. It was pepper soup made by his wife. Meaning that whether it was brought from the bush or brought from the house, the important thing is that he wanted the son to bring something to him so as to give an excuse for a blessing. Beloved of God, oftentimes, your sacrifice may be so weighty in your hands. You may need people to help you carry your sacrifice. Are you with me? But look beyond the sacrifice. Because Psalm 118 verse 24 tells us, when you are bringing a sacrifice to God on the altar... Bind the sacrifice. Don't let the sacrifice talk to you. The sacrifice will tell you why you shouldn't give him now. The sacrifice will tell you the alternative uses you can apply the sacrifice to. He will remind you of your mother in the village. Remind you of the house you need to complete. Remind you of the shoe you need to buy. Remind you of junior you need to take care of. The sacrifice will tell you a thousand and one things. But the Bible says, when you have identified the sacrifice, the first thing you do to the sacrifice is to close the mouth of the sacrifice. Don't let the sacrifice talk to you. And come and present it to God. Beloved of God. It's a scar. Whether, you see, when it comes to offering, God says he loves a cheerful offering. Offerer. But when it comes to sacrifice, whether you are crying, as long as your heart is right, the sacrifice is heavy in your hands, heavy in your pocket. You are crying because of the weight, the preciousness of what you are bringing into you are not doing it as an obligation, but out of love, out of an obedient child of God that you are, you are presenting something of worth to God. Yes, God accepts it. But if you bring it as bah, then see me, God will not accept it because he doesn't need your sacrifice to be God. Whether you get the venison from the bush or get it from the house, what is most important is the weight of the Father's blessing that he wants to give you. I read from John chapter 12, verse 24. To 25. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and die, it abideth alone. And if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, he shall also, and where I am, shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And according to Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, 
He says, for me, living is Christ, dying is gain. What is more important to you in your life at this time? Jesus said, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and die, it stays alone. Do you know that Jesus himself had to fall to the ground and die so that you and I can be raised up as sons and daughters unto God? He died the only begotten. But when he got up from the dead, he was raised up as the first begotten. Dearly beloved of God, today I challenge you today. Ask God, what do you want from me? From the sincerity of your heart, ask him, what do you want? And once you have identified it, ask for grace to release to God. Ask for grace to bear the pain. Ask for grace to give it with joy to God. You see, when it comes to sacrifice, if you are not going, if you are willing to attain your next level, if you are really desirous of your next level with God, your next level of work with God, you must ready to give up something for you to go up. You see, I said here, when you sacrifice, you are opening the door, when you sacrifice unto the Lord, you are opening the door for your next level. Which almost always would demand a sacrifice. Many years, God had been promising Abraham about land, about land, about land. It wasn't until Genesis 22, after he had completed all the requirements by God to bring down the sacrifice of his son Isaac, that God finally told him, Today, he came to him as the Adonai and began to measure out the land dimensions of his promise. Before, he said, I will give you all this. But after the sacrifice of Isaac, the Bible says God spoke to him. Your land will be from here to there and there to there. The land dimensions was delivered to him. If you go home, read Genesis 22, verse 1 to 18. Praise the Lord. I said, I never forget. The item of your sacrifice will always have alternative uses, like I've said. Like Hannah needed his son Samuel. At least to be able to quieten her son Samuel. To quieten Penina. But she didn't know that God was looking for his son. Or God was looking for a man to replace the dynasty of uh, uh, Eli at that time. Because Eli was dying. His sons were rejected by God. God began to search. There was no one in the land at that time. And this woman came ready to give birth to someone that will be released unto the Lord. And thank God. She was faithful to release. Do you think it's easy? A woman that had waited, according to some historical writings, for between 12 to 18 years, before that first son came, that first son finally came, and he said, God, if you give me this son, I will give him back to you. And the Bible says, when she brought the son to Eli, go and read it in the New Living Translation. She went to Eli and said, Eli, man of God, do you remember me? The man of God wasn't even seen very well. So he didn't remember. This was three years after. He didn't he said, no. He said, I am that woman. I am that woman that came to your God to ask for a child. This is the child that they asked for. Praise the Lord. Even the man of God did not remember. Meaning that it may take some time, but your sacrifice will always speak for you. And when she brought that boy back to God, the man of God said, God will give you more sons, more daughters, and it opened the door for him. I remember finally, many years ago, many, many years ago, when I was in the bank, I went to visit God's servant, the late Dr. Badijo. As I got there, I was on my routine marketing drive. 
So I said, my pastor's office is here. Let me just drop in and say hello to him. And I dropped in and I said hello to him. And in the course of discussion, my pastor said to me, Wow, Rich, you are, well, it's good that you are meeting me here. I should have been in Los Angeles, yes, two days ago. But somehow, things are not kind of gelling up yet. I'm still planning to go within the week. And I'm trusting God I'll go. And I said, sir, which airline do you travel on? And he told me KLM. I said, why do you choose KLM? You don't want a direct flight. He said, I prefer to take it easy. You know, age is coming. And so on and so on. We just discussed and I left. I left. When I left, on the way back to my office in VIA, it suddenly dawned on me. What am I doing? God has just given me an opportunity to be a blessing to this man that has been a blessing to me for many years. Whatever the amount the ticket was going to cost to US, go and come back. I could afford it. At that time, I could afford it. And so, and I had some friends in engineering clothes where KLM office was then. I don't know if he's still there. And so I just told my driver, let's go straight to engineering clothes. We got to that building. I went to the floor of KLM and I called my friend. I said, my pastor needs to travel urgently. Check for me. When is the earliest flight you can get so that I can be in Los Angeles as quickly as possible? He said, give me some time. He went inside, came back again. He said, we are very lucky. I said, I'm blessed. He said, you have, you have found a flight. If he's ready, he can go today. He can go today. He can go today. I said, really, can he go today? He said, yes. What time? It was late in the night. I said, okay, give me the return ticket. How much was it? I wrote him a check there. He collected everything, went and perfected everything, and gave me the ticket before I left his office. As soon as I got back to my office, I called a dispatch clerk. And I said to the dispatch man, an outrider, take this envelope, go to so-so-and-so place, ask for so-so-and-so person, and put it in his hands. Then, it cost me some money, but I could afford it. Money that are alternative uses. But I wanted my pastor to be on that journey. Because in course of discussion, I found that what was delaying him was that his travel money was not yet complete for the ticket. And so, when in the afternoon of that day, he saw the ticket, he was amazed. This was about two or 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And he put a call through to me. There was no GSM then. When he called me, and thank God I was on seat to pick. I said, sir, the flight is later tonight. Oh. He said, I can see it. I'm ready to go. Hey, Richard, what do I pray for you? What do I pray for you? What do I pray for you? I was, he knew I wasn't asking him for money. He knew I did not ask, I did not have any favor to give to him. All he said, what do I pray for you? I said, pray for me anything you want to pray for me. And he made a statement I will never forget. He said, I'm going to the U.S., from today, I open the gates of the Americas to you. I said, Amen. And we left it there. Three years passed, nothing happened. Then suddenly one day, I was in my office also. This time around, I've changed office. I got in my new office as I was there. I just saw a dispatch man come very early in the morning at about 8 o'clock. He said, Mr. So-so-and-so of So-so Bank said, I should give you this package. I opened the big envelope I saw. It was a cost to be sponsored by the U.S. government to take place in America. But however, it was going to close in four days' time. Entry for it was going to close in four days' time. And I quickly left my office and went back to my former boss. I said, sir, this is closing in four days' time. He said, sit here, feel it, sign it. I'm going to sign for you. And he brought his money, gave me money to go from his office to FedEx. Then he was working in UTB, Universal Trust Bank. Universal Trust Bank shared office, I mean, shared boundary, I mean, fence 
with the next building that was housing FedEx. He said, go there. Ask for so, so and so. Give him this money. This thing will go today. Beloved of God, to cut the long story short, I got into the U.S. without going to American Embassy in Nigeria. I got into the U.S. without having to go and queue. Why? Because somebody somewhere that has sufficient power had released a word that he opened the gate. And by the grace of God, I have not had any embassy reject my, my visa application. At least not up till now. And none will in Jesus' name. What I'm saying to you is, is that sacrifice is pace. It may take some time. For Joseph, it was after two full years. For some other people in scripture, after two full years. But the important thing is that they got much more than what they bargained for. When the day I was set to travel to the U.S. for that training, it was to be a month training. I could never have paid for it. I was trained in three of the top banks in the U.S. I was trained free of charge. And every day, the U.S. government was paying my stay. From a lack of they started paying. The day, on that day, 12 midnight that day, they started paying until I returned back to Nigeria. Why? And I, when I calculated how much I spent on the entire trip, it was not even up to half of what I used to buy the KLM ticket for my pastor. What I'm saying is the sacrifice pays. At that point, it could sound painful. It could feel painful. But dare to obey God. There are opportunities you don't allow to just go like that. When God opens an opportunity like this, God asking you for a sacrifice, beloved of God, go clear from God. It is an opportunity for you to change levels. It's an opportunity for you to give God your best. It's an opportunity to give God your fattest. You can finish bringing it and go home and drink, Gary. It doesn't matter. What it says that is going to speak in your favor. It's going to speak in your future. I challenge you, Father's house today. Get set for this. Begin to pray about it. God, what do I do? When he has spoken to you what to do, every day, ask for grace to give, to bring the sacrifice. Ask his blessing upon the sacrifice. Let the blessing speak for you. Begin to bless your sacrifice before you bring it to the house of the Lord. My time is up today. Far, far up. I want you to pray at this time. Bow your heads. Talk to God. Talk to God where you are. Sacrifice. Your sacrifice has alternative uses. Your sacrifice is a choice. Your sacrifice is like a scar, but it will make you a star. Talk to God today. If you are here, you are not born again. Maybe you are hearing me at this time. You are online or you are on site. Whichever you are, I want you to, you, you are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. Can you pray this prayer with me at this time? Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to come and die for me. Lord, I believe in my heart that he died for my sins. I believe in my heart that he paid the price of my sins. I ask, oh God, that Lord, forgive me as he has paid, oh God. I, I confess with my mouth that he's the Lord of my life. Lord, accept me as your child today in the name of Jesus. If you pray that prayer, you are born again. For those of us here, I pray for you. That may God this week protect you. The rod of the wicked will not alight on your Lord. I speak the blessings of God on you. May the son of the stranger be prevented from exerting over you. He will not taste of your wine. Wherever you have been reported, let the host of heaven answer for you. Let the blood of Jesus speak on your behalf. Let favor occasion your path today in the name of Jesus. You are blessed, you are favored. You are blessed, you are favored. You are blessed, you are favored. 
no condemnations works against you. I said no condemnation works against you. Even where you have been guilty, may the Lord arise as the radiance over you in the name of Jesus. I bless you. You cannot be caused. I bless you. You cannot be caused. Either physically or in the dream. I declare, let Reuben live and not die. And amen, many are not few in the name of Jesus. Go forth and write prosperity in Jesus' name. Amen.